today. Uh, I want to start in uh, in verse uh, in Hebrews chapter ten, uh, and I, I don't know. I know we know these verses, but it was just uh, kind of rose up in me today to, to mention them. Uh, and so, here in Hebrews chapter ten, it says in verse seven, it says, "Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do Thy will, O God." Uh, and so, this is really uh, a repeat of the prophecy from the Old Testament, from the book of Psalms, about what Jesus was going to say. So, one of the things that Jesus said in essence, in his life and coming here, was that I come to do thy will, O God. So uh, that means that everything that Jesus did was to be an expression of the will of God. Uh, and so that should help us in a lot of things to see whatever Jesus did, then, then that's an expression of the will of God. So then, then if you go back then to the, to the Gospels, to Matthew chapter 9, it says in verse 35, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness, and every disease among the people. So if Jesus came to express the will of God, and then everywhere he went, he healed all the people, then what's the will of God? Then the will of God is to heal all the people, right? And so are you a member of all the people? You are, you are a member of all the people, right? And so then what's the will of God to heal you? Then it's the will of God to heal you, right? Because if Jesus came to do the will of God, and he healed all the people as an expression of the will of God, then aren't we part of all the people? Uh, we are so uh, so we can we can uh, read the scriptures and if we if we'll read the scriptures as a whole uh, and and put things together to make sense you know to see how uh, everything is operating in the word of God then it makes it easy to well if, if that verse is true and this verse is true then that means this applies to me uh, and and so does it apply to you that Jesus desires to heal every sickness and every disease among the people it is right and so if it's the will of God then then uh, then that's and that's usually the biggest hurdle and in, uh, in getting healed uh, supernaturally of the Lord is getting it settled in your heart that it's God's desire to heal you. You know, I mean, a lot of times we know it's God's desire to heal in general. Right. Uh, but maybe there's a reason why he won't heal me. Right. Maybe there's a reason that he doesn't want to heal me. Uh, but that's never true. That is ever a desire in, in the Lord's heart to not heal you. There's always a desire in the Lord's heart. To heal you every single time. There's never an exception, and and even if even if it's self-inflicted, or even if it's due to some prior action of sin or anything like that, that doesn't change God's will. You know, your actions don't change God's will and desire for you. Now, it may limit His ability to to execute that will in your life, but it doesn't change His desire. Just like you ever known people that you know you you want to help them, but you know you can't help them because they won't receive it, they won't listen, they won't you know they won't like it if you try to help them. And so even though you desire to help them, you're unable to help them. Now, that's not always the case with the Lord. There are there may be other reasons why people don't receive healing, uh, but it's never it's never an issue with God's desire. It's never an issue on God's side to want to heal you. Uh, and so if, if you can get that part settled, then you can go and search the scriptures to find out, you know, is there a reason? Because sometimes there's not a reason. Sometimes it's just. You know, uh, it's just in the timing of the Lord or sometimes, you know, maybe it's knowledge or information or or it could be a lot of things. I know sometimes in a church we immediately go to some deep, dark sin, but it's not always due to sin. It may just be your lack of understanding or uh, your your lack of confidence that it's the will of God. Uh, and so uh, don't don't always immediately go to that. There's something wrong with you. Right. There must be something wrong with me. Well, you know, it's not always that something that you're involved in some major sin. Right. Uh, it could be a lot of different things, but yeah, I believe if you'll if you'll uh, if you'll speak to the Lord uh, and desire to know uh, with a sincere heart that he'll show you, you know, why if there is uh, a delay in you being healed, why that is. Amen. Uh, and of course, you're on your part. You have to desire to know that. Right. And to be sincere to know that, because you may say you want to know that. But in your heart, you know, I really don't want to know that, you know. Uh, and, and so. um if you can get to that point, you know, I believe the Lord will show you if there is a delay in you receiving your healing. Amen. But as far as the will of God goes, uh, it's always God's will to heal. Amen. Uh, and then um, I think we put it out on the on the church's Facebook page. about there's a link to um, uh, I did an interview with uh, a podcast person who's part of Charisma magazine, I think on Tuesday uh, about our healing uh, covenant book. Uh, and. Um, uh, and so if you go out to the church, the church's uh, Facebook page, you can find 
a link to that. And if you want to listen to that podcast, then it's only about 20, 25 minutes or something like that. Uh, and so, um, all right, praise God. I think that's it then, right? So why don't we stand and greet each other for just a minute, and we'll get into praise and worship. We thank you. And things that we have seen and observed that you've done in our lives, we thank you, Father. Father, you're worthy of all glory and worthy of all praise. Worthy, Father, are you. Worthy, Father, are you. Worthy, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. 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 For all the things you've done, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you and we give you all praise and honor and glory, Father. We thank you for all the wonderful things you've done for us, Father. And we give you the praise for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. He's good all the time. Amen. We thank him for his goodness, mercy, kindness. Amen. Um, you know, that... Uh, Second song there where it said that uh, uh, she was singing, said that the, uh, she left her shame uh, where, the, where the nails were. Uh, you know, and I got to thinking about Paul and Peter. Um, you know, uh, if you look at the Apostle John, you know, Apostle John was pretty good. He really didn't do anything wrong, you know, served the Lord, you know, in faithfulness, uh, went to the Lord uh, even during the, uh, the time when he was being uh, lied upon, you know, went through the, the uh, trial, you know, and um, stayed with him the, the whole thing, right? Was there at the cross. Peter, though, he wasn't that way, right? Peter said, oh, we'll stick with you to the end, you know, until something happened. He ran away like a little baby, right? And remember the, the girl came up to him, said something to him. I don't know Jesus, you know. And I mean, it was a girl. It was like, what was she going to do, right? Uh, and he's a big fisherman, and, uh, but he ran away like, like a little baby. And, uh, and then uh, the shame of that, you know, uh, you know, that, that could have constrained his whole life. Uh, and yet, uh, uh, and then even the Lord helped him after he came back after the resurrection. The Lord spent some time with him there and at, uh, uh, after he'd gone fishing. He said, Peter, do you love me? Right? Remember, he asked him that three different times, you know. And of course, you know, Peter said yes, you know, all those times. And there's a lot of teaching we'd go in about, about that. But, you know, then, then uh, Peter got baptized with the Holy Ghost and, and became a machine, you know. Uh, then that could have that could have constrained his life, but it didn't, you know. And then Paul, you know, remember Paul's uh, position before he got saved. Remember, he was out uh, persecuting the church, right? Uh, held the cloaks of those who stoned Stephen, you know. So he, you know, if that was in today's court, he'd be uh, guilty by association, right? He'd been uh, convicted of murder just like everybody else would have been, just because you didn't throw a rock, you know, if you held the 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 uh, the coats of those who, who killed him, you're still going to be found guilty, right? Uh, you know, the guy who drives the getaway car uh, at a bank robbery is still held, uh, held account, right? Uh, and so even though they didn't go in there and rob anybody, they're still held to the same level of guilt as everybody else. And so, uh, but, you know, Paul talked about it. He said, he said, I'm the least of all the apostles because I persecuted the church. Uh, but then later on, you know, other times he'd say, I have wronged no man. Uh, and well, how could those two things be true? And ever, anybody ever uh, heard uh, uh, Brother Copeland's message on that? He was reading. He, he was reading those verses at one time. Where Paul said, "I've wronged no man," and he said, "I've caught Paul in a lie," because we know what Paul did, right? We know Paul persecuted church. Well, that's wronging somebody, right? Throw him in jail, right? Uh, got letters of, of approval from the from the leadership there at Jerusalem to throw people in jail. And so he had the authority from the church anyway, at least from the, the, uh, the uh, Jewish church, to uh, persecute people. Uh, and yet he said, I have wronged no man. And he said, look, I've called him in a lie, caught him in a lie. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, you should never tell the Lord that you found a lie in the, in the Bible like that, right? Uh, it, it, uh, <laughs> we all get to learn, though. So I get to learn from his mistake and not make that same mistake. But he said that the Spirit of God just spoke to him real sternly. 
He said, uh, uh, he said, he didn't lie. He said, the man who did those things died on the road to Damascus. So as far as he's concerned, he didn't do those things, right? As far as he's going to live, he's going to live as if he never did those things. Because a lot of times, shame will try to constrain you and oh, you're unworthy to receive the blessings of God, blah, 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 right? And, and although Paul could acknowledge it, well, I did those things. He, he lived as if he never did any of them. Now, see, that's, that's leaving your shame at the cross, right? That's leaving your shame where under the blood of Jesus, right? Now, you could still mention it. Well, yeah, I did those things. But, you know, some people, uh, I remember years ago, we used to do jail ministry. Uh, and, um, uh, and at church one day, uh, there was a fellow there that, that I kind of recognized, but I didn't know where I recognized him from. And I said, hey, I know you from somewhere. Where do I know you from? Well, you know, I don't know. And I kind of kept pushing. And finally he said, well, you know, we met at, we met at the jail ministry. Right? I, was, I was a, um, a client. Uh, and, um, uh, oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, I'm glad you're here. You know, I didn't care. But for him, it brought so much shame to his life that, that, uh, that he had been in jail. Uh, and, 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 and if he doesn't change that, it will constrain him all the days of his life, Right. I mean, can you change it? Can you change that you were in jail? Can you change that you did those things? Well, you know, then leave them at the cross, right? And if somebody said, hey, weren't you in jail? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in jail from, you know, August, you know, whatever, 19 whatever to 19 whatever. Um, yeah, uh, but I'm not there anymore. Uh, and, you know, Paul was that way, right? Yeah, I, I wronged the church, you know, but I live as if I never did anything to anybody. And that's, a, you know, that's, uh, that is a good way to live, Amen. Now, see, that makes people mad because they want to hold it over you the rest of you. Oh, yeah, you did that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, don't you feel bad about it? No. Well, why not? Well, Lord's forgiven me. I mean, you know, uh, it's under his blood. You know, you want to bring it back up? I mean, you know, you want to accuse me of that? Well, you know, you go hook up with the devil because you and the devil's the only two that's trying to bring it back to my remembrance, right? Uh, the Lord's not bringing it back to your remembrance, right? Now, see, Paul could do it. He could mention it that he did it, you know. Now, Peter, as far as I know, never mentioned that he, that he forsook the Lord. Uh, you know, maybe he did. I, I don't recall that he ever said that, uh, but it didn't constrain his ministry, did it? He kept on doing the, the will of God, amen? Uh, and so uh, it's just, uh, you know, people of faith will live as if they've wronged no man, amen? Uh, if they have wronged somebody, they'll deal with it, uh, but they'll live as if they've never done anything, right? It, it doesn't mean they can't learn from it, and, and uh, you know, if somebody, it doesn't mean they lie about it. Now, some people, the way they do, they try to change history. Oh, I, you know, I've never done nothing, you know, I, you know, well, weren't you there at that point? No, that wasn't me. It was you, right? You know, if somebody gone to Paul, well, didn't you uh, help them stone Stephen? And weren't you holding the coach? He, he'd have been like, oh, yeah, I, I was there, you know. Well, don't you feel bad about it? Well, it was a shameful thing, but, you know, I, uh, the Lord's forgiven me, and, I, and I've moved on, right? Why can't you? Uh, and so, uh, but some people are like, no, I, I, I wasn't there it was when they killed Stephen. Well, I got video, you know, it was you, you know. Uh, and so, they, you know. So you can't lie about it, you know, but it's not lying when you, when you say I've wronged no man. You know, you're saying that's the way I'm going to live. I'm going to live as if, as if I am actually forgiven. Now, that's a good way to live, right? Are you forgiven? Well, then, uh, then we, can, we can move on, right? Uh, and don't let anybody hold it over you because people hold it over you for a thousand years, right? I mean, if, if, if uh, you're breathing air and they're breathing air, they'll, oh, yeah, I remember when you was in second grade. Do you remember you did that? Well, yeah, but I was in second grade. I mean, how many people, you know, get caught? Uh, was it was it uh, uh, who, who was the, the cook lady? You know, uh, is it Paula Dean? You know, was, yeah, they, they found something she said like 80 years ago, you know, and it was a terrible thing she said. Right. But it was 80 years ago. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, you know, has she forgot? I don't know. If, I don't know anything about it, you know, other than it was 80 years ago. Right. And they want to pull it out. You know, like you ever said anything stupid? Uh, well, you know, aren't you glad that, you, that everything you say is stupid is not on, you know, the Internet for somebody else to see. Right. Uh, and so. It's just, uh, it, it just, I don't know, you know, people always want to dig up history of, of folks and, and bury them because something they said a thousand years. Now, if you just said it yesterday, you know, let's deal with it, right? right. But if it's a thousand years ago, I mean, Lord Jesus, we got to move on, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and so uh, you're going you're gonna to wash away. Uh, I mean, they just said Paul was unqualified to ever be in a ministry. Peter was unqualified to ever be in a ministry, right? Uh, they just said they would have disqualified so many people as if they're qualified, right? I mean, who's the one who makes the decision that, that you're qualified, right? Just because you found out somebody else's sin, why are you qualified to judge them about their sin? Uh, uh, I mean, didn't Jesus say, he who is about to sin, do what? Cast Let them first. cast a first stone, right? Uh, you know, I, I remember years ago, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, there, there was a, uh, we had a guest minister at the church, and we got in a really bad habit at the church. Not my church. I wasn't a pastor it was when I was with my pastor. But we got in a really bad habit that after a guest minister come, then after they would leave the next service or two, we would, we would kind of, 
you know, uh, skewer them and tell them uh, talk about in public about how wrong everything they did was. You're like, well, why'd you even have them come if everything they did was wrong, right? And so they were going around just, you know, the pastor was saying, well, what do you think? Well, yeah, I, can, yeah, I can't believe they used that particular word. Oh, yeah, they quoted that verse wrong. Oh, yeah, well, you know. Uh, and, um, and so they, they, they asked me, right, and, and, and um, uh, what do I think? Well, they wanted me to pile on like everybody else did. And, and I said, you know, uh, pastor, because they asked me even in public, I was back in the sound booth, you know, uh, what do you think, Chip? I said, pastor, I just think that, thank God that he's merciful and kind towards all of us, you know. And, like, and, and, and you could just hear everybody going, what's wrong with him? You know, mercy and peace. What's wrong with him? You know, you can't believe you want to forgive somebody. You know, you tell him how, how smart you are compared to that guy. It's like, what in the world? You know, I thank God that, you know, if I make a mistake, that the Lord, there's blood and forgiveness for it. Amen. And they pile on, you know, yeah, they just kick him when he's down. And he's not even there to defend himself, right? Uh, and just so it's called gossip, right? When you're, when you're sitting there talking about somebody, you know, behind their back, that's the very definition of gossip, right? And, and so what do you think? Well, I just thank God that he's merciful. <laughs> you don't get some people mad, just thank God for his mercy. Well, who do you know? Who do you think you are? Uh, well, I think that I'm a recipient of mercy. That's who I think I am, right? And so... Uh, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so let's open up our Bibles to the book of uh, uh, Mark. We'll get started there today. So we're, we're talking about the anointing. And, and, and I think if you want to be an effective Christian in this life, in the, in the life that you're breathing on this air, in this earth right now, from the time that you're to now to the time you go home to be with the Lord, this is one of the most important messages that you can get a hold of if you want to be a person who is a servant of the Most High God and doing what God wants you to do. You know, much of the church is focused on me, 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 all my problems and woes. You listen to Christian music. Oh, Lord, I'm such a terrible person. You know, oh, I let you down again. Oh, Lord, you know, will you ever forgive me? Oh, Lord, you know, it's like, when are you thinking about the other guy? It's always talking about me and how sorry I am and no count I am. I mean, I mean, Peter and Paul both could have whined and cried about that for the rest of their life. Oh, Lord, I let you down one time. And the Lord's like, yeah, when are you going to move on? We got things to do. We got stuff to do, right? I called the church to advance my kingdom and the earth, not to waller in self-pity about all the things they've done wrong. But so much Christian music is all about, Lord, I'm so bad. You know, Lord, do we ever forgive me? Lord, I've let you down again. Lord, you know, uh, please don't leave me. Blah, blah, blah. Crying in your beer songs, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, I want to, he picked me up, right? You know, uh, and, and he's done it. So now let's move on, right? Uh, and so I've left the shame at the cross. I'm moving on, Amen. Uh, instead of all this whining, crying about how, how bad I'm, you know, oh, Lord, you're going to come find me, hunt me down when I, when, I, when I forsake you. And he probably will, you know. I mean, he said he would. Uh, but, you know, if you remember in, in those stories, those, those are all parables from the chapter, uh, Luke chapter 15 or so. Uh, you remember he went and left the 99 and went to go find the one that sheep. But then when the prodigal son left, he said, see when you get back. He didn't go find him, did he? So is the Lord going to come hunt you down every time? 50-50. I mean, he might hunt you down. He might say, let me know when you come back, right? Yeah. Uh, and now he'll run. And, and when you come back, he'll run towards you, right? That's what yeah. the father did. But if you stay out there for 20 years, he may be like, you already come back yet? Okay, no. Just let me know. I mean, you know, he may, he may not come hunt you down. So, you know, people sing songs. Oh, he's going to come hunt me down. He may not. I mean, you know, uh, uh, he may. He's merciful, right? I know he's merciful. Yeah. But don't bank on it, right? You don't bank on mercy. You know, you thank God for mercy, but you bank on grace. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, that's, you know, that's not really our, our message there. But still, you know, it's uh, uh, the church is here to be a blessing to the world, right? The church is here to bring the world into the church. That's why we're here. If, if all we're focused on is our woes and our difficulties and how sorry we are and how we've always let the Lord down and how we're not perfect and how we're not doing everything we should do, then it's just all we're doing is just circling the drain, right? Always the same, the same, over and over again. And many people in the church just all their life is spent about how sorry they are and how, how they're just never really doing anything for the Lord. And, you know, that's still not an excuse. When you get to heaven, the Lord's going to be like, well, how come you did everything? Well, Lord, I spent the whole time telling you how sorry I was for not doing anything you told me to. That's great, but you wasted all your life, right? Uh, you know, he's called all of us as imperfect people to do his will. Anybody perfect? Uh, anybody think they're perfect, right? <laughs> well, we can have a prayer line to the end of the service for that if you want to. But, uh, but see, uh, he's called us to be a blessing to the world. That's why we're here on this earth. We're here. To, and this message is all about how do you 
find the power to do what God's called you to do. That's, that's, and that's really the primary focus of the church. If we can get our, our hearts settled that our, we're here so that when we go out that door, we're ready to conquer the world. That's really why we're here. In this building, we're here to be trained how to do that. That's the purpose of the church. A lot of people think the purpose of the church is to feed everybody out there. That's not why we're here. We're here. This building, primarily the, pur- the primary purpose of this church building is to instruct the saints, train the saints, teach the saints. That's why this building is here. We're not here to feed the lost, right? We're here to train the saints. Now, the saints go out of this building and they get the lost to come into the church. And then we feed, we feed the lost. And when they come in and we get them saved, so they're no longer lost. That's the, that's the way, that's the general plan of the church. And so, people, so many people get that, get that uh, misguided. They think we're here to clothe the naked, all the people in the world. We're here to feed all the, 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 the hungry people in the world. That's not really the primary purpose of the church. In fact, really, if you go through the New Testament, uh, I, I don't know there was ever a time when they went out and, and got the lost, so to speak, and, and fed them. They was always preaching first. Remember, Jesus fed the 5,000, but he only fed the 5,000 after he preached them for three days. Well, you know, that, that was, they were also part of the covenant of Israel. But then if you go to the book of Acts, where they're going out to the lost, they would bring the lost in, and then they would feed the widows who were part of the church. The only feeding program they did in the New Testament church was to the church. There wasn't a feeding program to the lost. Uh, now, look, if you're feeding the lost, I don't, it's, it's okay. I'm not mad at you or anything. But, but so oftentimes, we, we miss the primary focus of the church. We're here to minister life to the lost. We do that by the anointing of God. We do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if the church would get a hold of that message that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to conquer every uh, problem of the world out there so that they have the capacity to come into the church and get saved, uh, then, then the whole world gets saved. Amen. But see, if you just feed them, you know, I mean, we've got uh, boxes, you know, boxes of food back there. We give away boxes of food on occasion. You know, some people come in and ask for other help. Sometimes we help them. But, you know, really, in, in all the people we've ever helped, we probably never helped anybody in a sense of their long-term spiritual value in the earth, right? Now, we always, now, we always take the opportunity to, to preach to them, right? Hey, where do you go to church, right? Are you, are you saved? Do you know the Lord Jesus? Now, I even had somebody uh, one time tell me, uh, well, are you pastors? You know, you're wrong asking people where they go to church before you'll help them. I'm thinking, well, why am I here? If I'm not here to find out what, what your relationship is with the Lord Jesus, if I just give you a box of macaroni and cheese, how has that helped you? You know, you can't go to heaven and say, Lord, see this back, box of macaroni and cheese? Can I get in with this box of macaroni and cheese? No, there's no, there's, no, there's no macaroni that ever died for anybody, right? You're not going to get into heaven by a box of macaroni and cheese, amen? Uh, and so, you know, he was just, uh, and, and he was just offended because he, he, didn't, he didn't want to, because uh, he was a Christian, but he was offended because he just wanted to take stuff from the church and not, uh, not actually give anything to the church, right? I'm not talking about money, just he didn't want to be part of a local church. He wanted to live how he wanted to live and for the church to provide for him. Well, sorry, that's not the way it works, right? Uh, remember, Jesus said, you'll always have the poor what? With you, right? So, is, is, now there's not really a guy out there, but is that guy out there right now, is he with us? No, he's with his own life, right? He's doing whatever he wants to do, which is fine. I'm not mad at him or anything, but, you know, I want to help him by bringing him in. Amen? Uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, uh, again... We're not mad. If anybody comes in and says, man, I'm starving, you know, can I get some? Here's a box of food. Praise God. You know, hope, uh, hope this helps. But come back to church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and now some people think, well, that's cold and, and hard-hearted. I mean, it's not really cold and hard-hearted. They have a decision, right? You know, they can make a choice to come into these doors anytime they want to. Anytime they want to. In fact, I remember years ago, I was talking to a fellow, uh, and, I, and I said, look, I said, you know, the Spirit of God just rose up in me, and I said, uh, the Lord really wants you in church on Sunday. And I said, normally I don't tell people that, I said, but, but this is your opportunity right here. Because you kind of knew the Lord, uh, and I think he was saved even, uh, but he'd been, he'd been outside of, of the, the, the main church. And I just felt that you have to be in church on Sunday. you got to get back in church now. This is your window right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was really emphatic about it. And, and, you know, it just it grieved my heart. He didn't show up to church. Now, every other person I've ever talked to, hey, you need to come to church. Oh, yeah, I'll be there Sunday. You know, they, everyone lied. You know, they weren't planning on being there Sunday. You know, none of them, zero. We got zero percent coming. 
uh, from that from those conversations. And that's okay because we're going to keep on doing the same thing, uh, having that conversation with people, encouraging them to know the Lord, right, to, to come into the church, get saved, uh, and whatever we need to. Uh, but for that particular fella, you know, the Lord just really, this person, he need, right now is his window. Uh, and, and the Lord, a few times over the years, has shown to me that the certain people that, that the time of visitation was at that moment that the uh, member of the Lord Jesus said about Jerusalem that they, they did not uh, uh, they, they did not uh, recognize the time of visitation. I mean, the son of God came to him. They're like, he's just a guy. Right. It's not that important. You know, we're, he'll be gone. You know, we'll move, we'll move on. And, and but they didn't realize that that was the turning point of the history of the earth. Mm. Uh, they missed it. Right. The earth uh, became a different place because Jesus showed up and they all missed it. And sometimes those, those times are very important to us uh, that uh, we have we have to recognize the time of our visitation. And so the church is should be about how do we learn how to work with the Lord? Right. And that's what this verse says here. This after the Great Commission there, the Lord gave and started in verse 15. It says uh, in verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they, the disciples, the church, went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working what? With them and confirming the Lord with signs following. Amen. And so the church was put, is supposed to be going out and, and telling people how good God is. And you don't have to preach with a Bible. You don't have to preach on a street corner. You don't have to get a megaphone and, and you know, scream at people. But, you know, as the Lord prompts, you can say, hey, you know, you know the Lord. Hey, are you saved? Do you, accept, you ever accepted Jesus? Hey, do you go to church anywhere? Uh, and now, look, uh, uh, everybody needs to be in church. But if they're already in church, you know, if they say, yeah, I go to such church, they will be faithful. Right. Well, you know, our church is better than our church. Don't say anything like that. Right. But every Christian ought to be in church. Right. And every person ought to be in, in church. And sometimes, you know, people won't come to church unless you invite them. And so that's part of the God, you know, part of the good news. Right. Hey, come to church. The Lord will bless you. Amen. Uh, and so uh, and every time when I talk to somebody, see, as, as I'm talking to them, I always think about this verse that as I'm talking with them, the spirit of God is ministering to them to to confirm what I'm saying to them and encourage to them to do what I'm what I'm compelled to tell them to do. So if the Lord tells me to, to tell them, hey, come to church. Because sometimes, you know, people won't accept the Lord Jesus there in public, right? Because they're too embarrassed to, to pray in Walmart or at the gas station, you know, and that's, that's fair to some extent. Uh, but they may come to church if you invite them and then they get saved here, right? Uh, and so, you know, you, do, you follow whatever the Lord says, and that's part of what, why we're learning what we're learning here. Uh, but if the Lord prompts you, invite them to church, you know, invite them to church. Uh, and see, uh, I, always, I always know that as I'm doing that, the Lord is also encouraging them in their heart. Hey, do what they said. Go ahead and come to church. It'll be okay. He'll, he'll, he'll work with you, right? The Lord works with us. So we're the ones doing the work, but he's working with us. So we have to do the speaking because there's nowhere in, in the Bible that says that the Holy Ghost is out preaching the gospel. He told us to do that, right? And so as we preach the gospel, and, the, and the, again, the gospel is just, hey, God is good. He'll, he'll bless you. He'll heal you. He'll do whatever. Um, uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, come to church. And then you've got to know, okay, the Spirit of God is speaking to them too. He's encouraging them in the realm of the Spirit to, to do what, uh, what I've just encouraged them to do. See, that's, that's us working with the Lord. And we've got to recognize that it's us and the Spirit of God working together in the earth. Uh, and then we can go back over to, uh, well, that's in Mark. So uh, just go over to the next book there, to chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. And it says here, uh, in verse 18, this is talking about Jesus. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. So we're, th this, this message is about the anointing of God and what is the anointing of God and how do we work with the anointing of God. But he's anointed me, and then he says to do what? Then he lists the things that he's been anointed to do or that the spirit of God has come upon him to do these things. And so when you, when, whenever you hear, well, the anointing is upon me, right? We have the anointing. Well, that just means that the spirit of God is upon you for something, right? And in this case, he gives a list to preach the gospel to the poor, to, send, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to sit at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, how many times is the word I in that list? To help me get over all my woes, to help me get over all my past, to help me get over all the hurts and, and anguish and heartache that I've gone through for me to get over those things. 
None of it's in there, right? All of the anointing is there to do what? Help somebody else, right? The purpose of the Spirit of God coming upon you is to help everybody else around you, which is now it probably explains why the anointing is, is not on very many people, right? Because if all of our Christian songs about, Lord, Lord, how come it's all about me? How come I'm so bad? How come, you know, I've, I've forsaken you again? How come I'm not doing what you want me to do? How come, you know, uh, you know, I'm not praying like I ought to pray, read like I ought to read, do what I ought to do, say what I ought to say, go to church as much as I ought to go to church, uh, you know. Uh, uh, and the Lord's like, all that may be true. But the Spirit of God is not upon you to help you with any of that stuff. The Spirit of God is within you to help you do that stuff. But as far as the Spirit of God coming upon you for service, is to serve other people. And so if you're not serving other people, and I don't mean like every single day, again, you're not on the street corner. I just mean in your everyday life, you're, you're looking for opportunities to serve your fellow man, right? To, to speak to them. And, and uh, sometimes it's just a kind word, right? Sometimes that's part of the gospel is to give them a kind word. Uh, and so it's, uh, that, that's our role on the earth is to be a blessing to those around us, amen? Uh, in the area of service. Now, the service here. Is there, is there anything here about, about feeding them physical food or clothing them with, with, with natural clothes? It's all about spiritual things, right? Uh, and so, uh, uh, and, and, or supernatural things, right? Mm-hmm. Healing the sick, uh, preaching deliverance to the captives, all of these things. They're all supernatural things, amen? So the purpose of the, of the anointing of the Spirit of God comes upon you is to be a service to those around you. So if you never serve anybody, then... Uh, is the Spirit of God still there? Uh, he's still there. But you, you haven't learned how to work with Him. He's there, but, uh, but He's not, not being used effectively. Amen? So the Spirit of God will come upon you uh, for this purpose, right? To, for the purpose of being a service to those around you. Uh, and then, uh, so let, let's turn over, and we've got a couple of scriptures I'm going to look at here. Let's turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians. So th- that's what Jesus said, right? That the Spirit of God has come upon me, to, and He's anointed me. And we remember we read Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy, the Holy Ghost and power. So if the anointing that Jesus had was the Holy Ghost and power, then what is the anointing that you have? Holy, Holy Ghost and power, right? So turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 there. <clears throat> We've got to get over there. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Here we go. So 2 Corinthians um, Chapter 1, it says in verse 21, Now he which established us or established us with you is Christ and hath anointed us is God. So he which hath anointed us is God. So how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, right, with the Holy Ghost and power, how God has anointed you with the Holy Ghost and power, right? So God has anointed you. So, so the Spirit of God is upon you. Well, how, you know, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, well, do you ever sense the Spirit of God when we, when we sing and, and, and praise the Lord? Yeah. See, that's the Spirit of God. That's, what you, that's why one reason why we sing is to train us all how to sense the presence of God, how to sense the Spirit of God. Uh, and that same presence is there with us as we serve our fellow man, right? As we leave this building, because it's primarily intended for when you leave this building, right? We're in this building, you know, th- then we can obtain things by faith. Uh, and we'll see... Uh, how the anointing of God is primarily used for other people. Amen. Uh, and it's not so much intended for your use, although sometimes it can be, but it's primarily intended for the use of those around you. Amen. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's for those around you, right? Uh, and, and that's how we work with the Lord is with the anointing of God. And now every Christian, because uh, he said, who, who, uh, Paul said, hath anointed us, Right? So this is for the church. And now let's turn over to 1 John chapter 2. Now, I understand in our circles, right, in the charismatic Pentecostal circles, that this is an area of of great, uh, not so much controversy, but misuse. Where people say, God has anointed me to steal all your money, right? God has called me to take everything out of your billfold. God is telling me that you've got to give me your inheritance, right? That's using it for your own personal benefit right oh, yeah. uh, and that although that has been done and it has brought shame to the church and also brought the the uh the the move of the spirit in disrepute right where people look at it, they go well you know it's just you know it's not really god uh and uh and we've all seen it right uh 
you know, uh, in fact, let's read here, and then we'll, we'll talk about a couple other things here in 1 John chapter 2. Uh, it says, uh, but, but ye, so when it, but the ye part then is who, who's the ye part in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20? But ye. So ye, right, it's King James, but you. So he's talking to the church, right? 1 John is written to the church. Amen. You know, there's some controversy. People say 1 John's not written to the church. It's written to, to the Jews. It says you have an unction or an anointing from the Holy Ghost. Well, there's no unsaved person that's got a, 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 an anointing. Only the church has the anointing. Uh, I mean, you can't read 1 John with any, with any hint at all of, of being a good student of the word and come to the conclusion that it's not written to the church. It's always written to the church. Uh, but the reason why they say that is because 1 John is the only one who clearly says uh, in 1 John 1, 9, but if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you for sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So you can get that same information from other verses but it, uh, outside of 1 John, but that's the one that, that concisely says the church needs to confess their sins and repent. Uh, and so people who don't want to confess their sins and repent say that's not written to us. That way they don't have to confess their sins and repent. That's pretty convenient, right? Well, well that's not written to me, so it, it doesn't apply. Well, why is it in the Bible? Well, you know, the canon, you know, people canonized the Bible in, in, in 400 AD, you know, they just missed God and like, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Right? Uh, it just, uh, people just always looking for an excuse not to do the word. Amen. I'm always looking for an excuse how to do the word. Uh, and so, but you, you, but you, so this is to the church now, right? So Jesus was anointed. Paul said he was anointed. In fact, he said, we are anointed. Uh, but now John clearly states you as the church are anointed, right? You haven't, that word unction is the same word. Anointed. In fact, we're there in verse 20. If you go over to chapter verse 27, same chapter, uh, it says, But the anointing which ye have, which you have received of him, abideth in you, and you not, need not any man teach you, but it's the same anointing teach you of all things, and his truth and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. So, uh, one of the great uses of the anointing of God is to be taught of the Lord, right? Now, that's a great, because can you really learn the scripture just by your intellect, by your education, by your ability to read? No, it's, it's spiritual words, right? So you, there's no way you can learn this, the, the, spirit of, the, the word of God, the Bible, by your own ability. Amen? Well, I just can't read the word. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. You just told off yourself that you're not allowing the spirit of God to teach you. You're trying to do it on your own. Amen? Uh, but I've had people tell me, I don't read the Bible. It's too hard to read. Well, then uh, maybe you need to get saved because if you're saved, there's, a, there's an unction, there's a, an anointing just for learning how to read the Word of God. Amen? Uh, now, uh, just as a, as a side journey here, some people will take this verse and say, well, then we don't need ministers, right? Because it says right there that you have no need that any man teach you, but the, but the anointing teaches you of all things. But uh, that shows, you know, how they're not even... a uh, listening to the anointing upon them because uh, am I teaching you up here in the pulpit? Am I teaching you as a man? Am I teaching you by my intellect, by my education, by the things that I know? Or am I teaching you as uh, a called minister of the gospel anointed to teach you? Well, hopefully I am teaching you as a called minister of the gospel anointed to teach you. So, so even if the words are coming from me, they're still coming by the Spirit of God. Or they should be, right? In, in design, by design of the, of the head of the church, that the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, are anointed, just like Jesus was anointed, right? To preach the gospel to the poor. I'm anointed to teach the gospel to the church, right? To teach the word of God to the church. And so as, as I yield to that anointing, then the, it's the anointing that's teaching you, right? Now, it's not that I'm unique in that. Every minister of the gospel should be that way. Amen? It's not like, well, you're the only anointed one that's ever was, right? I mean, that, that'll get you the big head really quick, right? Well, that's, and by design, all ministers are anointed for the call of God on their life, right? Just like you are anointed for the call of God upon your life. Everything that you're called to do, there is an anointing, there is a presence of God, a power of the Holy Spirit there to empower you to do the very thing that you're called to do. So if you say, I don't need, I don't need the fivefold ministry gift because I have an anointing, then you're missing, you don't understand what the word is saying because I'm not here to teach you as a man by my intellect. Now, a lot of churches, because they don't understand this, they teach from a standpoint of man's perspective, right? Of what they can learn from the Bible just on their own intellect, by their education, by their background, by their raising. 
So they're really teaching you as a man, right? They're teaching you as a human being from, from an intellect. And that's really the biggest problem in the church is too many of the people in the church are teaching from a standpoint of the intellect, from their knowledge. And they'll say the craziest things, right? They don't even make any sense. So I told you about the, the one person who came, uh, left church one time, all excited because the minister got up and said, well, the Bible says that, uh, that Jesus was in, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, he said uh, uh, Lord, if, be, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so the Lord was praying to not go to the cross. Uh, and, and he said, see, Jesus didn't get his prayer answered. So that means that you can't uh, expect to get your prayers answered too, either. So, so just don't ever expect to get your prayers answered. Because if Jesus can't, then neither can you. Well, that, that is 100% from a man, right? Because the, the Lord Jesus would never say that. He'd be like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you? That was the prayer of consecration and dedication. It had nothing to do with the prayer of faith. Uh, and, and it was a complete misapplication of what the word says. And yet it sounds good because now the fellow that heard that said, then I'm off the hook. If I never get my prayers answered, it's not on me. It's on it's on God deciding in his own will to not answer my prayers, even though it, we know the word of God says that that how many of the promises of God are in him. Yes. And in him. Amen. All. All. That means every prayer that you pray should be answered. Yes. Every prayer. So if you're not getting a yes, then you've got to check up on what you prayed to begin with, right? Somewhere you're out of the will of God, right? Uh, and we don't have time to go into all that. We've taught that many times. But, uh, and so that's what the Spirit of God should have said to them. Look, you should expect to get your prayers answered every single time without exception. Never an exception. And if, you, and if you're not getting a specific prayer answered, go back up to the prayer. Check up on the prayer. See where, where is the prayer out of line with the Word of God. And then adjust your prayers accordingly. Amen. Uh, because if you pray your prayers in line with the word of God, in line with the will of God, you get 100% of your prayers answered every single time. Yes, without exception. Yeah. And people think that's radical. Well, it's not radical. It's just what the word says, you know. And so, so if I'm teaching you from a man's perspective, then yeah, that, that is not the anointing. And yet uh, much of the church, you know, we, we fall in, into that, uh, into that uh, misguided area, right? You, you, ever, you ever heard somebody sing? You know, uh, I remember years ago, you remember, uh, uh, was it Wanda, was that her name? Uh, who, uh, you remember the lady who came up from, from uh, Griffin, Georgia? Uh, and uh, um, she would sing, uh, and she was from Griffin, Georgia, and, and uh, I mean, she'd sing, and just the, the place would explode, right? Just, just uh, I mean, the Spirit of God would fall, and just, I mean, just, just, just an amazing move of God every time she'd sing. Uh, and so we thought, we've we got to record this, right? So we got, you know, this is back in the day when you had reel-to-reel tapes, right? So we recorded it on this reel-to-reel tape, you know, high-quality recording, audio recording of this. Uh, and then, uh, and so we went back, and now we're going to edit it, right? And then we're going to edit it and get it, get it uh, uh, cleaned up and, 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 uh, and then make a million dollars off of this, you know, amazingly anointed uh, woman of God. And so we got to listening, and it's like, man, she can't sing at all. I mean, she was out of tune, wrong notes. I mean, what in the world, right? But somehow, the presence of God was where, where she sang, the way she sang, you know, the Spirit of God would fall. And nobody, could, nobody knew it when she was singing that, you know, I think that's a little off key right there, you know? Why? Because she sang under the anointing. Yeah, yeah. It, wasn't a perf- it, wasn't, it wasn't a perfectly accurate notes, right? Yeah, yeah. Which means there's hope for me too, right? So, I mean, you know, she can sing. But, but see, there's no anointing in my life to sing, right? So it's not there. I can get up and do whatever I want to. And you all be like, uh, can we, can you get off the stage? You know, is there anybody else can sing, right? It's anybody else, right? Uh, and so, but she could sing, uh, but it, it, it wasn't perfect. But no, in the, in the middle of it, nobody knew. Nobody paid any attention to the fact that, well, that note was a little off right there, right? Uh, but then when you, when you kind of, when, the, you know, the, the anointing is gone and you're just there with you in the, in the, in the, in the tape, tape deck, uh, you realize you know, we can't really sell this because it's not, you know, uh, most people would hear all the out-of-tune notes, right? Now, nowadays, you could fix it, right? You could, you got auto-tune software, you'd fix all the notes, right? Uh, and so that means there's still hope for me, right? But if the anointing's not there, it doesn't matter. You can auto-tune all day long, it doesn't matter. But then we were at a church uh, not long ago visiting, and, and uh, someone got up and sang. Every note was just perfect, right? Perfectly on tune, perfectly on key, and yet my heart was so grieved because the whole song, every word was perfectly scriptural, right? I mean, some songs, you know, 
Oh, Lord, you know, you forsake me every now and then, you know, and, that, you know, shut up. That ain't even real, right? It's not, you know, that's not even biblical. But these songs were biblical, right? The words, the specific words were biblical. The notes were perfect. The, 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 the instruments were just, were just fine. But there wasn't any bit of more of anointing, you know, than that car out there because everything was about them, right? They were singing, but it was all about them. And they were, they, were, they were desired attention and glory. And you could sense it, right? If you knew the Spirit of God, you could just, wow, just you know, it's just that, like, distasteful, right? You know, it's like, okay, who's cooking broccoli? I mean, you know, just <laughs> something ain't right, right? Who's, who's, why are you doing that, right? I mean, you know, it's, you know what I'm talking about? You walk in, it's like, man, you know, what in the world? I, I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong, right? You ever known something's wrong, but you don't know what's wrong? Well, what was wrong was, see, there was no anointing because the Spirit of God, He won't compete with your glory. If you want glory, he'll go somewhere else. Yeah. And he does oftentimes, yeah. right? And so, so they had the raw talent and ability, right? Because that's a gift, right? The raw talent. Ability. But you still, if you're not working with him, if you're working for yourself, you can still take what you've been given as a gift and use it for your own glory. Yeah. And many people over the years have gotten themselves in big trouble. And so, they, I mean, it was, you know, now, now I mean, mo- most people like, oh, they're hooping and hollering, praising God, you know, everything was wonderful. But I'm, I, I mean... I nearly left. I nearly walked out the building because, I mean, I'm thinking, well, the Spirit of God's left. I can leave too, right? And so, uh, but, you know, he'll just leave. He doesn't care, right? Sometimes we have to show, have a good face and, and not be rude, you know. Uh, he wasn't being rude by leaving. He's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't compete with other people's glory. And he'll just leave. Uh, and you ever sense the Spirit of God leave? There have been lots of times, you know, well, I say lots of times, uh, in preaching even, even here at the church, there's been a handful of times, maybe three, you know, in the, in the, what, 12, 13 years we've been preaching that the Spirit of God's left. Because somebody uh, was competing with the Spirit of God in the church, right? Now I can point anybody, oh, it was you, it was you right there. We're not going to do that, right? Uh, and, and I don't even, I don't, I don't, I don't keep score, so I don't know, I don't recall the circumstances, don't, don't interested in, but, but he'll leave. Yeah. Uh, and so, now, so you can't tell, right? One person, not even that talented singer, right? A few notes off here and there. But the power of God moved, right? Raised the dead, even. I mean, if it just about... The next person, perfect. Every note right on, right on the money. Every, every uh, instrument, just perfect, right? Spirit of God on the backside of the moon. Well, why is that? Because he did not anoint that right there. He will not anoint your uh, ambition and your, um, uh, your glory. Uh, and, and so... I mean, you think about how powerful the Spirit of God is. He created all of the universe, right? It was, it was the design of the Father, spoken by, the, by the, the Lord Jesus, and created by the power of the Holy Spirit. They all work together to cause it to happen. Uh, and it's always the power of the Holy Spirit that does the actual work. At the end of the day, it's always the power of the Spirit of God that does the actual doing. Uh, and it's Jesus who does the actual saying, and it's the Father God who does the actual designing. Uh, and so they always work together in these things. And so uh, uh, it, it was a really a good example, right? Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but, you know, the Spirit of God just gets grieved in your heart when those things happen. And, and you can't help it, you know, if you're sensitive to the Spirit of God, you can't help it but to recognize that. And so you just kind of, you know, hold your breath for a while and then they finally move on, right? Uh, but see, you, we all, as a, as a children of, of God, as, a, as all Christians have an anointing. To do whatever you're called to do, right? And so, if, if so, I have an anointing because I'm called to be a pastor. But you're called, you have an anointing because we've all been given the ministry of reconciliation. But you know, you could be have an anointing for, for uh, singing, right? You could have an anointing for for exhorting. Uh, you ever met people who are great exhorters, right? Just exhort you to, to press into the to the Lord, right? You, there's an anointing for that. Some people are anointed to do different things, amen. Uh, and so, what, whatever you're called to do. Uh, there's an anointing for that. And what you have to do is learn how to work with the Spirit of God in that call of God upon your life. Amen. Well, I don't even know what I'm called to do. We're all called to preach the gospel. We're all called to help everybody out in the world to come into the church of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So, so uh, at the very minimum, you're called to do that, right? Some people are just great at cooking. Some people are great at giving. Some people are good at singing. Some people are good at, you know, whatever it is. Uh, there, there's always an, and so what you need to do then is, is learn how to work with that anointing and never, ever take any glory into yourself for that. I'm the best cook there ever was. Well, that may be true, but there's no anointing in that statement. 
right? Uh, you know, uh, you may be the best cook there ever was, right? Uh, and uh, uh, for me personally, I know that is not my anointing, right? Now, I am, I am one of the best consumers of food there ever was, right? I love to eat, right? And so, you know, I don't know if there's an anointing for that, but if there was, I, you know, I'd be anointing for it. Anointed for it. But see, that's for me personally, right? That's not for, uh, my, you know, me eating is not for somebody else. So there's really no anointing for that, right? Uh, and so, so the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, right? And you not, need not any man teach you. So you need to learn that we don't need people, right? I don't need somebody's intellect to help me. I don't need somebody's talent to help me. I need somebody's Holy Spirit to help me. What are you called to do? Then I need to add that to my life. Right. Uh, if you're called to preach, then I the, and if you're really anointed to preach, then I need to add that to my life. But if you're just hooping and hollering, spitting cotton because, you know, that's how you was raised. You know, spitting cotton doesn't get anybody any help. Right. You know, what I mean, by spitting cotton. Right. You know, I mean, just, you know, you preach so much, you know, you just, you know, let just let her fly. Right. And, and uh, you don't sit on the front row because, you, you know, you need a rain suit to sit on the front row. Right. Uh, and so. Uh, but. It's not in the spitting cotton that gets the job done. It's not in the hollering that gets the job done. I see a lot of people, especially in the church, especially in a Pentecostal church, we've gotten misguided thinking if we can just scream enough and run around the church enough, then that's God. Well, is there anything wrong with screaming and, and, and running around the church? There's nothing wrong with screaming and running around the church. I got no problem. You know, I'll clock you. You know, you know, oh, I think they got three seconds off their lap time, right? I'll, you know, I'll clock you around the church. No pro- I got no problem people running around the church at all. And, and you know, I've observed that, you know, half the time, probably people are just running around the church in the natural. But, you know, about half the time, people are running around the church in the Spirit of God. Spirit of God gets on you. You know, some, you, sometimes you've got to run it off to get it off. You know, and that's real. It's a real thing, right? People in the, in the, in the natural church, they'll be like, oh, that's so dumb, right? They'll look at you and, and look down their little you know, snobby noses at you as, you know, oh, they're just little, uh, you know, uneducated Pentecostal people. You know, well, we we're just uneducated like Peter and John was too, right? Uh, and so, you know, they'll, they'll kind of look down at you in their snobby little self. Uh, but, but the, you know, the Spirit of God, He'll move in those situations, right? He'll move, uh, and, and then, you know, you can yield to that. So, so part of what we've got to do then in, in this whole process of the anointing is learn how to recognize that anointing. And again, uh, and, and I say this a lot because uh, it's a great way. You know, I remember when I first got saved, I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. I didn't know there was an anointing. I didn't know anything about it. But I knew when I'd go and praise and worship, I would sense the Spirit of God. And I remember leaving church one time and someone said, did you know what that was? I said, yeah, there was a Spirit of God. But how'd you know that? I don't, the, the unction taught me that, right? The, he said, the unction will teach you. And I knew. I didn't know how I knew. I just knew that was the Holy Spirit. Uh, and and, and just, just like when we sing, you know it's the Holy Spirit. You don't know how you know. You just know that it's the Holy Spirit. So that's how you train yourself so that when you're out there and you have that same sense of the Spirit of God kind of, you know, leading you in that direction to, to go and minister to somebody, well, that's the Holy Spirit. Because the unction is very, is very uh, timid uh, it, it, in a sense that it's not loud and boisterous. You know, like, you're, uh, like when you're hungry, feed me now. It's not usually that loud, right? Uh, it's usually more of a, hey, you know, that person could, could use a good word from you right now. And you may choose to yield to that. You may choose not to yield to it. If you'll choose to yield to it, then what you'll do is you train yourself the next time to obey uh, even quicker, right? Uh, and so, so we're, we're about out of time uh, today there. Um, but you have the church, the individual members in the church have an anointing. So it's not limited to just the pulpit. And I think sometimes in our zeal, We've limited the anointing of God only be, to be the pulpit ministry. But all of us, John said, you have, an, you have an unction, you have an anointing right now, right? Whatever God's called you to do, and all of us are called. See, when I leave this building, I'm not really a pastor. I'm a church member like everybody else, right? So I have an, I have an anointing for the ministry of reconciliation. You have an anointing. Uh, and so if we, can, if we can learn how to not be so self-centered as a church, and, I, and I'm not trying to be harsh on people, but... Some of the church is very self-centered. It's all about me, 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 and how hard I've got it. Lord, I've got it so hard, and so my life is so difficult, and, it, and, and that may be true. But I can guarantee you, if you'll start serving your fellow man and trying to advance the kingdom of heaven, that, that your thoughts about how hard you've got it in your life will, will kind of just dissolve because you don't have time to think about that. You've got 
people to help. You've got people to, to do things for. Amen. To, with an anointing, right? Not just in the natural realm. Amen. And, and one of the, the saddest things that I see in the church is when we get so consumed with helping people in the natural realm that we miss the spiritual realm. That we're so consumed with baking bread and, and cooking meals and, and putting boxes of food together and sewing clothes and washing clothes to get to, to, get to the poor, that we're so consumed with natural things that we completely miss the unction of the Holy Spirit to go and raise the dead and heal the sick and, and, and do things that will provide long-lasting support for people, right? Uh, and we end up just becoming a natural church. Uh, and, and the people don't need your clothes. They don't need your food. They may need it for one hour, one day, but that's not what they need long-term. They need the presence of God upon your life in order to change the course and direction of where they're going. Uh, and then that will help them, amen? And that we're, all of us have that ability right now. Yes. None of us, there's no exception. All of us have that ability. And what we need to do is learn how to work with that anointing, amen? Uh, and, and, then, and then we'll get there. So, we, so we'll talk a little bit next week about you know, uh, the, the, the difference in the Holy Spirit of, of when you get saved and then, then for service and how those things work. And, uh, and um, uh, it'd be good to help to understand that. Amen. This is, this is an area that, you know, I think requires some, some good teaching in the church, but we've got to take our time to make sure you can get it settled in your heart. Because for a lot of the church, this is really an, an unusual message. They'll look at that and go, what, what are you talking about? Right. They, they, they have no concept of what you're trying to get across. They'd be like, uh, can you get into something else like all the kings of the Old Testament or something like that? You know, <laughs> you know about what Adam did in the garden or something, you know, something that, you know, you put that, that, that makes more sense. Well, uh, like I said, I don't think there's uh, a more important message about what you're going to accomplish in this earth today as a as a minister of the gospel of reconciliation than this message right here. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you for the anointing that, that you said uh, abides with us and in us right now, Father, as we speak. There is an anointing, a presence of God with us to accomplish your will in the earth. And so, Father, we thank you that as we accomplish that, that we'll sense and train ourselves to, to be uh, people who operate with the anointing, Father, to accomplish your will in the earth. We thank you for that, Father. And we give you the praise and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, we thank the Lord for, for uh, being good to us. Amen. Jerry, did you remember that lady's name? You remember the lady I'm talking about, right? Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I don't think it was Wanda, though. Uh, it wasn't Wanda. But, uh, but she was amazing, wasn't she? Right? Uh, I mean, just pre... I mean, sing and, and just... I mean, just... God would fall, you know, and you could just... Uh, but then couldn't, you know, I mean, she wasn't horrible, right? Uh, you know, she, every now and then she hit a note or two. Uh, but, uh, uh, but man, you know, and, and, you know, and the thing I appreciate about that as much as anything is uh, she was willing to be used of God. Uh, and, and a lot of times your, your willingness overrides your natural talent and ability. Amen. Uh, you know, I, uh, I mean, pers me personally, I don't have a natural talent and ability to be a great speaker. Right. I mean, some people, they just come out of the womb that way. You know, I'm fine. You lock me in a closet for the rest of my life and throw a pizza under the door every now and then I'm good. Right. I mean, I'd be glad reading the Bible the rest of my life and never talking to anybody. Uh, but then the spirit of God, you know, he's there. And so you can yield to it. Amen. Uh, and so let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And is the Lord good? He's good. Amen. Uh, and so so hopefully we'll learn, you know, a little bit about how to be led of the spirit of God in service to others. Amen. Uh, and so, yes, ma'am. Amen. Yeah. And, and, uh, that's right. So he desires for us to overcome. He's overcome. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, the, the nice thing about working with the spirit of God is you're not under pressure to always, always perform. You know, some people are always under pressure. They always got to preach every, every single person they speak to. And that may be God, but it may be that you need to speak to every other person and then, uh, and then let the, the people in between to let them, uh, you know, uh, just be nice to them, right? But maybe they're being worked on by the Spirit of God from somebody else's words. Uh, and so uh, don't, uh, don't be under 
Because again, if we just feel like, well, we've got to be a legalistic about this thing, then we leave the Spirit of God out of it. Lord, don't talk to me about who to preach to. I'm just going to preach to everybody. Uh, and, you know, there are plenty of times when, uh, you remember when Philip in Acts chapter 8, he got sent down to speak to the, the eunuch from Ethiopia. He only spoke to one man. Now, before that, he was speaking to a whole group of people, but he's one guy. And so, what about all the other people? Sure, there's other people around there. Well, there probably was, but you've got to talk to that one guy. Nobody else, just that one guy, right? Sometimes there's just one person you've got to speak to. Sometimes there's nobody you've got to speak to, right? Uh, and so, and that's what we need to learn is how to work with the Spirit of God, right? So come ahead, Mr. Jared, and uh, we appreciate y'all's uh, faithfulness and giving, amen? Uh, and, uh, and so, so there's quite a few things here that, will, that uh, hopefully will help us uh, understand because what we want to do, our goal and my goal and desire is for all of us to become effective workers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus to work with the Spirit of God and all that we do, amen? Uh, and so... And I believe we can get there. Amen. Uh, and this is, you know, this is really an area, uh, uh, a teaching that, uh, you know, really there, there's not much new material here because a lot of these things we cover over the years, but that we're focusing just on the anointing. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these individual parts we do cover multiple times in church because we need to understand these things, right, and work with it. So, so uh, don't forget we have healing school today at uh, 3 o'clock. And uh, be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord and you're dismissed.